There's been a ton of new additions to the Louisville football program over the past couple weeks. It's almost been too many to count, but we're going to discuss where the Cardinals got better over the past couple weeks, more specifically discussing the secondary, the linebacking core, and the offensive line. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. As I mentioned, there's been a handful of new additions over the past couple of weeks for the Louisville football program. We're going to break it down into three segments based upon who has been added. We'll begin by discussing the secondary Uh, We'll then go into the linebacking core and then finally the offensive line to conclude the show. So um, I know it's been a little bit of time. I do apologize for the lack of programming over the past couple weeks, really. Um, April was um, pretty small in terms of episode numbers, so I I do want to apologize there. you know, but ultimately looking to have a solid month of June or a solid month of May. We're not in June yet. A solid, I do want to have a solid month of June, but I want to have a solid May before that. So, um, one thing that at least for me in terms of programming for this week, it's a little bit overwhelming for me, probably because of my doing and not, um, you know, having enough episodes, but there's been a lot of additions. So I didn't want to, you know, talk about these individually and just continue to you know go down the line and talk about prospects when we have already known you know that they're committed to Louisville. So I wanted to kind of group it into one episode. So we're going to start out with the secondary. Three key additions have been added there over the past couple of weeks. Now, granted, let me go ahead and say that we're only talking about the players that were added you know since spring ball. So uh, Marcus Washington Jr. Uh, from Georgia, Storm Duck from North Carolina and technically Penn State, and then Cam Kelly from North Carolina, technically Virginia. So um, ultimately, I think the the underlying thing to focus on here in all three of these positions is that Louisville got better across the board. And in some key positions, I think arguably when you look at this secondary as a whole, on paper, now granted the production has to match up with this, on paper, when it comes to star rating, um, you know, returning production, so on and so forth, Louisville has one of its highest rated secondaries that it's ever had on paper. Let me go ahead and, and qualify that statement because that's something that needs to be focused on, right? It's based upon on paper um, because some people will be in the comments like, wow, you said it's supposed to be the best on paper and then... You know, come October, it doesn't live up to expectations. I'm not, you know, saying that it's going to be the best secondary. I'm saying that on paper, it looks like it's one of the highest rated, most talented ones. I do want to hear from you all, though. Comment below in the comment section which position you feel like has gotten 
better the most, has seen the most improvement from the end of last season up until going into this upcoming season based upon what Jeff Brom has done in the transfer portal. Um, simply put, Brom has added three key players that probably will all see some time next season, most notably Storm Duck. This is a player that when he announced his transfer from North Carolina, there were a lot of suitors. Louisville even got a visit from the veteran from uh, Bowling Springs or Boiling Springs, South Carolina, but ultimately went to Penn State. Didn't end up at Penn State, decommitted from the Nittany Lions program, and has now committed to Louisville, um, which is extremely good news for Louisville because, um, well, Storm Duck is a second team all ACC selection last year. Uh, 46 tackles, 36 of those being solos, one forced fumble. He had three interceptions and 10 pass deflections. So that's something that um, you have to look for and say, well, this is the interesting part of Louisville secondary is, you know, as depth was an issue a little over a couple months ago, after a couple of key additions, we've seen them. Um, you know, Marquise Groves Killebrew from Texas A&M. You know, there's been some solid additions. Jarvis Brownlee looks really good in spring practice. Quincy Riley is great. So now Storm Duck is probably in a position where he's possibly in line to start in, in 2023. Granted, the 425 base defensive package that Jeff Brom and company are going to be using moving forward allows for that defense versatility. So you can never have too much depth at that position. Storm Duck, one of the best defensive backs in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Not to mention, you know, coming from a league to where Louisville's in. So it's not like, you know, you struggle with you know, knowing that um, a player is going to have to make that jump. But ultimately, Storm Duck is a player that has played in the ACC. He's a guy who has played a ton of snaps um, over his career at North Carolina. You know, he's played, um, was that, four seasons, and he has recorded, I think, nearly 100 tackles. He has intercepted three passes, uh, or I'm sorry, intercepted five passes, um, and has deflected nearly 20. So um, he's a player that I think fits exactly what Louisville needs, a veteran presence that can almost be like a, a CB1 or a CB2 next year, even though I think Quincy Riley or maybe even Jarvis Brownlee fits that bill as well. So adding Storm Duck takes this secondary from, you know, you're pretty solid to, okay, you might be able to contend for the, one of the best secondaries in the ACC. So um, I think that... You know, that's a, a key addition. Another addition to talk about, um, we discussed it a little bit last week, another North Carolina transfer, Cam Kelly, who spent a couple seasons with the, actually four seasons with the Tar Heels. Um, you know, more tackles, 55 in 2020, 68 in 2021, 49 in 2022. He's a player that, when you look at what North Carolina fans say about him, it's almost like they don't necessarily see him as high. It's like they see him the way Florida State fans saw Jarvis Brownlee um, when he left Tallahassee. Now, granted, that could be fan speak. Obviously, when players leave a program, there might be some bitterness there, or there might be some truth, or the truth might lie in the middle. But overall, I think adding a player like Cam Kelly, who obviously projects to be a safety, so we're not necessarily talking about the cornerback level anymore, but more so as a safety, um, you know, being able to compete with – um, 
with Josh Minkins Jr., MJ Griffin, so on and so forth at that position. Devin Neal, maybe even Gilbert Frierson if he plays more of a safety position rather than um, you know a cornerback position or I'm sorry, a linebacker position. But ultimately, I, I think that this is a situation to where you add a veteran presence if he is a depth piece. So be it. I think that that's kind of what you're expecting Cam Kelly to be. Ultimately, I think that he ends up probably being, you know, a player in the two deep at the very least. I know he has to compete with MJ Griffin um, and Josh Minkins Jr., two veterans in the back half of that Louisville secondary. So I think that this is another key addition that just, you know, kind of, um, you know, is sort of like an embarrassment of riches in that secondary that we're continuing to see, you know, that uh, Ron English and Mark Hagen have to work with in that back end of the secondary or really the whole secondary as a whole. You had that cornerback depth. Now you're adding to the safety depth as well. And I think that that's extremely key. The other player that was added, this player was added on Monday. It's Marcus Washington Jr., former top 150 prospect in the 2022 class. Think Marquise Groves Killebrew in a role last year didn't necessarily see a ton of um, snaps, meaningful snaps, obviously behind Keely Ringo and a couple other players in that Georgia National Championship uh, secondary. So there's a lot of um, there was a lot of players he had to play behind, but a player with four years of eligibility, he redshirted this past season. Former top 150 player, uh, extremely versatile defensive back. Like I said, uh, top. 150 recruit, six foot, 170 pounds out of Grovetown, Georgia. Um, ultimately, I think that this is a nice addition to the team. Whether or not he plays a significant role this year or not, I think that that's to be seen. I think he's going to be used in rotational roles. I think that, you know, obviously Quincy Riley, Jarvis Brownlee Jr., um, and Storm Duck are probably going to be, you know, sort of your main options at the cornerback position, but um, adding a player like um, you know Marcus Washington Jr., Marquise Groves Killebrew, two players with a ton of experience, or not a ton of experience, a ton of eligibility left that are highly rated guys. So you're banking on that talent and developing that talent. Um, you know, not only maybe for the future, but also for the you know the immediate future as well. So um, I'm extremely excited to see what both MGK and Marcus Washington Jr. Um, will bring to the table. I think that this was a highly sought after recruit that a lot of schools were going after, and credit Louisville for getting him on a visit and ultimately getting him to commit. So um, I mean, I look at this situation at the defensive back room, and I'm excited for the potential. I think on paper, like I said, it's extremely talented, but at the end of the day, it's going to all be about production. So extremely excited. But cornerback and safety, the secondary is not the only place that uh, Louisville got better. Obviously, um, the Cardinals got better at the linebacker position as well. Well, now that the Cardinals have added former Oregon linebacker Keith Brown, we'll talk about uh, what Keith brings to the table here momentarily. After we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. Um, so technically, you know, obviously the NBA playoffs is getting into the conference semifinals. It's time to make a fast break to FanDuel during these playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Um, some things that I love about FanDuel, obviously they have the great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app. You get paid instantly. So, you know, you get the best of 
I say both worlds, but probably every world. There's no better place to bet on all of the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So heading right on along into the second segment of the show, discussing where Louisville has gotten better so far in the past couple of weeks. Um, Obviously, the secondary is a spot to focus on. Also, the linebacking core. There has only been one addition to date, but um, I think it was a solid addition. Keith Brown, we talked about him, um, you know, a couple weeks ago when he had entered the portal pretty much immediately scheduled that visit to Louisville, and there were kind of the vibes that he wasn't going to spend a lot of time making decisions. Like, it was going to be a very, very quick process, right? Um, I know after that visit to Louisville, there were some rumblings that he may take other visits. That didn't end up being the case. And, um, you know, in the near future, after the visit, he ends up committing to Louisville. The former top 130 prospect, um in the country, spent the past two seasons at Oregon, um, didn't see a ton of time, uh, 15 tackles as a freshman, 21 as a sophomore, 12 of those being solos. He had one sack in two seasons in Eugene, the six foot one, 235-pound native of Lebanon, Oregon, um, is a player that you know covers sideline to sideline, projects as an inside linebacker, obviously. And when you kind of get a grasp of where Oregon's defense was, you know, at this time a couple weeks ago. Obviously, it's kind of hard to have a pulse on every program where these players come from because you don't follow these teams um, on a daily basis. So, you know, it's hard to really understand how things are going. But from the vibes that I got, from what I saw, from the people that I talked to um, around that area that covered the team up in Eugene, it's believed it was believed that Brown was supposed to see a significant increase in workload in 2023 and possibly be a starter for um you know Dan Lanning's team up in Oregon. So um I think that that helps me to alleviate some concerns regarding the lack of production. Um, And not to mention, linebacker is one of those positions to where we've talked about it before, especially when we talk about Stanquan Clark, extremely talented players. Sometimes it takes a little bit for them to get on the field because there's a lot to learn, especially when you are essentially quarterbacking the defense from your position. Um, There's not a ton of veteran presence around you that has played a ton of snaps. I mean, let's face it, Louisville has or is being tasked with replacing essentially their whole starting linebacking core. Um, Obviously, um, excuse me. Oof. Um, Monty Montgomery goes to Mississippi. Dorian Jones goes to Cincinnati. And then you have Momo Sonogo obviously going professional. Um, but ultimately, you lose those three. You have some players that I think in the spring game, some of those concerns that I had were alleviated a little bit. Oop, I forgot to bring this back up. My apologies. But like I said, some of those concerns were alleviated a little bit um, because I got to see players like uh, TJ Quinn, who... I wasn't necessarily looking at as a player that was going to fully step up. And I honestly think he could be a starter um, come that first game against Georgia Tech. So you have a guy like TJ Quinn 
Jalen Alderman has played some big time snaps. I mean, has made some big time plays. KJ Cloyd entered the portal, decided to take his name out of the portal. Um, so you have some players that you can go with there that have played some, you know, some pretty solid minutes or snaps, not minutes. You also have Jackson Hamilton, also a member from that 2021 class. So, you know, two linebackers instead of three, it makes you wonder how they're going to be utilized. Um, I would assume that Keith Brown is going to slide into one of those starting roles at the linebacker position. So that's an instance to where I think that, um, you know, maybe Louisville might have a need for another linebacker or potentially the staff is like, hey, we got a guy like Keith Brown, which is solid. We have a, a solid young player in Stanquan Clark. And then we have a lot of other guys that kind of waited in the balance. And you know what? We believe in that development. We believe that they're going to step up and rise to the occasion. And that could be the the approach that the staff is taking. I think that that's something that we have to kind of wait and see. I'm not necessarily sure how many scholarships the team has right now. I think it might be four currently to date on Monday, May 1st at approximately 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, um, which obviously we know those – are continually changing, but the portal is pretty much closed for players who um, essentially players can't enter the portal. Now, Um, if you're already in the portal, obviously you can go wherever, but if you're not in the portal, you couldn't put your name in the portal as of April 30th, which was the deadline. So um, I like where the linebacking core sits right now. Um, Obviously maybe another linebacker to the position might make a little bit of sense to add some more veteran presence when you have a couple more scholarships to use. Um, So we'll kind of see where the staff looks to address needs further, but you know, watching the spring game, you know, hearing about spring practice, obviously TJ Quinn, um, Stanquan Clark, guys that stood out and jumped off the page. So um, I have a lot of excitement to see um, how both of those players are able to, um, you know, rise into the occasion and, and fill those needs. So ultimately, um, I'm pretty excited. So um, I, I think now you're looking defensively. We talked about the linebacking position, talked about the uh, – you know, the secondary as well. I think now you're kind of looking into a situation to where most of the help defensively is probably going to be centered around the interior defensive line. I think that there's been some rumors that Jermaine Lolay might be injured again. If that's the case, then they may look to address the needs there, um, you know, playing another defensive lineman than we're used to. So that's something that we'll have to, um, that we'll have to pay attention to moving forward. So, um, but secondary and linebacking position, what if I told you that they address those two the least out of the of the three that we're talking about today? The offensive line position, credit to the staff, credit to Jeff Brown, credit to Brian Brown, credit to Richard Owens for absolutely transforming the offensive line unit up front. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to thank you all again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk about um, the four high school recruits that have committed to Flyville 24. Um, Sean Boinkins, you know, being one of those, the number one player in the state of Kentucky in the 2024 class. So something to focus on there. Um, but we will talk about high school recruiting on tomorrow's episode of the show. So be sure to tune in.
And heading into the final segment of the show, Louisville, I think when you watched that spring game, offensive line was like, it was one of the positions that I think a lot of people came away with a little bit of concern about. And it wasn't that there wasn't talent on the line. Obviously, I think, you know, Brian Hudson, uh, Michael Gonzalez, and Renato Brown are very, very solid. But I think that there were questions outside of that. You know, who plays at the guard position? Who's going to back up these players? So on and so forth. And obviously, we talked about uh, Vincent Lamia added from Duquesne. Willie Tyler added from Rutgers. But the cards went out and added three more offensive, actually two more offensive linemen, I should say. So that means five offensive linemen have been added in the portal for the Louisville Cardinals since December. Um, I know we said we're only going to talk about players that have um, you know, been added since spring practice, but since we're talking about the offensive line as a whole, I kind of feel you know obligated to discuss John Paul Flores uh, because – I want to read to you. Actually, we'll talk about the new commits. Um, obviously, Purdue offensive lineman Eric Miller, who six foot seven, three hundred and five pounds, um, you know, started a handful of games. Actually, a handful, pretty much all of the games over the past couple seasons at the tackle position um, for the Boilermakers, and then Lance Robinson, um, who started at tackle for. Uh, actually, he I think he started at guard, guard tackle, one of the two. Um, he played a ton at Houston, um, you know, uh, converted defensive end to offensive lineman. Uh, he is a player that I think that fits what Louisville needs. Um, trying to get an idea of how he played at Houston. Um, let's see. So he played both tackle positions at Middle Tennessee, and then transferred over to Houston. Um, so he has, I believe, three years of eligibility remaining. Um, you know, you have a lot of very simple one-year addresses. Obviously, Eric Miller, um, Willie Tyler, Vincent Lamia, John Paul Flores, one-year guys, right? Um, players that are going to, you know, be grad transfers and that will help the team out for this year. But obviously you have a guy like um, Lance Robinson as well from Houston that is going to give you, um, you know, a, possibly a couple of solid years, whether that be at the tackle position or interior line. But the sake of the, the position as a whole, I want to talk about a statistic that I thought was neat. Obviously, we talk about Louisville needing some veteran presence, some guys that have played at the collegiate level. And I think that that was one of the things looking into the portal was like, okay, we need to kind of go out and get players that have played meaningful snaps. And I want to read to you how many games each of the incoming transfers started this past season. Eric Miller from Purdue started all games at tackle, 14 games for the Boilermakers. Rutgers, Willie Tyler started, um, I think started six, but played in nine, something like that. But he played nine games, uh, appeared in nine games, played guard and tackle. Lance Robinson played tackle for Houston, started 11 of the games. Offensive lineman from Duquesne, Vincent Lamia, started all the games for the Dukes. And then John Paul Flores started six games 
for Virginia, but played all over the offensive line, played center, played guard, so on and so forth. So you have some pieces like Michael Gonzalez, like Brian Hudson, like Renato Brown. You have some three very, very good players on the offensive line. You lost Luke Kandra, which sucks. Um, you know, but you have some, you know, solid guys like Austin Collins, like um some other guys in that offensive line room, right? Like true freshman, uh, Madden Sanker, Luke Burgess, Joe Crocker, so on and so forth. Well, now you went out and you add five veteran players. Four of those are grad transfers, meaning that they have played years of collegiate football and Almost all of these guys, I I literally think R- Willie Tyler, Lance Robinson, John Paul Forrest, Vince Lamia have played more than one position at the offensive line or played more than one position on the offensive line at the collegiate level. I wonder if that was something that Richard Owen said. We're going to have some versatility. And, and then obviously Eric Miller, obviously the familiarity with um, you know Jeff Brom and a player that was very solid for the Boilermakers started pretty much all the games the past two seasons, he's going to slide in maybe at right tackle, potentially left tackle. The question now, where did these guys project? I think that when you're looking at the five that are being brought in, I think John Paul Flores, uh, Vincent Lumia, uh, probably going to be guards. Maybe Lumia backs up Renato Brown at the right tackle position, or maybe Renato Brown's spot is up in the air. Um, I think Lance Robinson is probably going to stay at the tackle position. Willie Tyler probably tackle Eric Miller tackle maybe Robinson goes guard maybe Willie Tyler goes guard and then the other question my main question now is are we going to see guys like Renato Brown and Michael Gonzalez could we see them go more on the interior or do we see them stay at the tackle position let's be real this is a great problem to have if you're Jeff Brom and Richard Owens saying okay we have now depth that we have to focus on and who is going to take over the positions here um I think right now it, it's way too early to tell it depends on you know getting into off-season workouts getting into fall camp seeing where places fit the good thing is there is that versatility you brought in versatility guys like uh Michael Gonzalez can slide over into the guard position he was recruited as a guard um, and just kind of played left tackle, which is obviously nothing to uh, scoff at because that's extremely impressive. But I do think that he is a player that could potentially go inside if Louisville says, "Hey, look, we're going to go Willie Robinson. We're going to go, or we're going to go Lance Robinson. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go Eric Collins. We're going to go Willie Tyler. Uh, we're going to go Vincent Lamia on the right side. So we're maybe going to move Renato Brown on the inside." Some people that I've talked to said. It wouldn't surprise me to see Renato Brown being, you know, utilized at the right guard position uh, because he has the skill set to fill that need if need be. So uh, something to focus on. But I think that what Jeff Brown and company have done with this offensive line group in the portal over the past couple weeks has been nothing short of absolutely amazing, stellar, incredible, whichever adjective you feel is best descriptive of the job that this coaching staff has done. Bravo. Um, not only for the offensive line, but for the secondary, and then adding a you know a projected first team linebacker as well. Um, so a handful of commitments over the past uh, couple of weeks. I wanted to talk about those in a collective sense, um, but obviously some more spots that can be filled, and we'll talk about those when they do get filled. So, um, but like I said, tomorrow's episode of the show is going to discuss the high school recruits that had committed to Flyville twenty four. Uh, we'll discuss those um, tomorrow. So, But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.